So let's start with the Nokar Mantra. Om Namo Arihantanam Om Namo Sitanam Om Namo Ayariyanam Om Namo Ujjayanam Namo Lue Sabasahunam Eso Panchanamo Karu Sava Pava Panasano Mangalalancha salve sim Paramam have mangalam Paramam have mangalam Thanks for coming this week. I know there's a project out, so a lot of people are out. Um, but uh, you remember last discussion, we talked about the five anuvrats, or the five minor vows. So who can remember what they are? Non-violence. <coughs> Ahimsa, no. so, non-violence, celibacy, non-attachment, and two more, two more. Truth? Non-lying and non-stealing. Yeah. So uh, if you remember, we discussed the first two, uh, non-violence and uh, non-lying. And our takeaways from there is, Nonviolence is probably much more than you were expecting, and it encompasses much more than you're expecting. And then non-lying is not considered factual falsehoods, but any falsehoods that... Um, so the takeaway was that non-lying doesn't include factual falsehoods, which was counterintuitive. So today we're going to discuss the next three, non-stealing, celibacy, and non-attachment. So as expected, just like last time, these are going to be much broader than we realize. So non-stealing seems pretty simple, just like, hey, come on in. It seems pretty simple, just like non-lying seemed pretty simple until it wasn't. So here's, here's what non-stealing means. Stealing is taken what is not properly given. So that might be a little broader than you were expecting. It's taken... What, taking what is not properly given. That means if you see a dollar bill on the ground and you pick it up, well, that is stealing, okay? Which was counterintuitive to me. That was, you know, I, I puzzled over that for a little while, but it, it's not properly given because nobody gave it to you. Yeah. But uh, again, uh, with what intention you are picking that, that defines whether it's stealing or not, right? Because if, if you find it and you pick it up and you, let's say, like, right now mm -hmm. here I find something, so I will put it in a uh, jivudaya. So, mm -hmm. miss, does that but count you, again? You see, that's where the guy who owned it, you give it to somebody else, so he'll never know where it went. Um, so, at the end of the day, if, if everyone followed that practice, the guy who lost it will find his money. Yeah, I, believe, I believe that picking it up to donate is better than picking it up and putting it in your pocket, but I believe the best is to not pick it up at all. Okay. Um, so, buying goods for an extremely low price is stealing. Taking anything owned by others through injustice, dishonesty, fraud, and unfair means is an act of theft. So, buying in sales? Uh, sales sale needs? That? <laughs> How, uh, okay. No, that's not extremely low price, though. So I think what it means is uh, when when a shop is closing down, they have these markdown sales, everything must go, uh -huh. right? Uh, 
then it is usually at 80% or say if you go if you Which go is all marketing today i can tell you something $100 and it's 50% off when reality is it's always been this this means taking advantage of the seller's helplessness or yeah. keeping the material given by the seller as a mistake so if you get too much or if you take advantage of he's in a bad situation then that's stealing so maybe morally it is considered as stealing Stealing. Well, we're talking about morally here. <laughs> but way, what, what is the morally the right price that yes. they should, when they're selling, what is the right price he's selling at too? That is correct, but to that point, miss, it seems like we are taking advantage, whoever is buying it is taking advantage of the seller. But uh, Actually, I don't think that's still, even if he's selling at a lower price, at least he's getting something, then nothing which can come completely lowest. That's why he's liquidating. Otherwise, he may not get anything. And uh, his, his liquidators will have, you know. His losses will be more. No, losses will be more. You're giving him something, then nothing. So I think we can all agree on unfair means in business, owning another man's property by fraudulent tricks, deceiving others and misleading them. But then it gets kind of broader. Harassing others and unnecessarily and unjustly. Harassing others unnecessarily and unjustly. That's stealing. Distressing the innocent. That seems pretty broad. That it seems to have nothing to do with stealing to me. Distressing the innocent. You're stealing this piece. <laughs> I don't know. I have a question mark by it. I don't know what that means. I cannot tell you. Like maybe the author was feeling his oats a little bit here in the book and just <laughs> decided to throw this in there. He got carried away a little bit. I don't know, but it's something to think about. What I what puzzled me when I've heard in past that Jewish were businessmen or you know you we know Jews are are pretty rich and the reason for that was related to their religion their religion allowed you to make profits whereas other religions like Christian and Islams and things like that had restriction on it and I wondered if Jainism applies that for example if you make a unbelievable profit if somebody needs something and if you sell it for 50 or 100 percent profit it's it, at least to my understanding somehow it was more allowed in Jewism than the other religions because it's considered um, whether it's stealing or because I have, I have a product that you need, let's say even that for life saving, not, not just a, a pleasure, then I can charge, yeah, you know, he needs it, I have it, I'm going to charge him bukus of money just so that uh, it's, it sounds like it's way of stealing. But then I, when I understood that, then I, I was thinking if, I don't know if Jainism tells us, what is a fair profit? If you mm -hmm. you're a businessman, right. what is considered fair? Yeah, there's not going to be a percentage in the book, I know, right? I know, 10, 20, 30, <laughs> but how do you, how do you, it, it doesn't say, but for example, if, for, if somebody, I make 50% profit on something, right? For me, I'm, I'm thinking based on this definition, I'm just taking away from somebody's money that I, I, maybe I'm not eligible to, but that's how people get rich. That's how, and I'm not saying that religion allows you to become rich, but I guess somehow I, in past, the little bit of understanding I have, religion somehow attaches uh, into the wealth of the community as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it's interesting that I, I consider that as, it's, I think it's kind of under the stealing part right. that you can't uh, be a, uh, I would call opportunistic businessman. Sure. Uh, yeah, and I think that's a very interesting question. We're not going to find an answer. Different industries have different margins. Yeah. Everybody knows that. What's a healthy margin and what is not a healthy margin? It's, it's not something that we're going to have a bright line for. 
so stealing is defined as taking what is not granted by its owner, what is not granted by a living creature. So here we see that eating is stealing. A living creature, even a plant, is not granting you its life. So, so that's how we see that nonviolence encompasses stealing, and these all dovetail within each other. So yeah. the sentence one before that you said uh -huh. uh, what is not granted by its owner owner and the, it contradicts the previous sentence where we buy uh, on a cheaper price or uh, so that owner is selling it to uh, like we were saying like 80% off so owner is selling that it's not we are going in right. asking or we are taking that just blindly right. So this sentence, maybe it's... And that's why I think of it, that means taking advantage of a seller's helplessness. If he's giving you 80% off and he's happy with that transaction, then I think that's fine. Because he's not helpless, right? Um, stealing is defined as what is not granted by the Tirthankars and what is not given by gurus. So questions on that. It's very interesting that interesting. It, this is a, a little bit broader than what we're expecting, just like Correct. not lying is a little bit broader than what we're expecting, and nonviolence is extremely broad. Can you, can you repeat, if you don't mind, that the definition? Stealing is... Taking what is not properly given. Okay. Let me write this down. It's a little bit kind of a cop-out definition because then the question just becomes, well, what does properly given mean, right? And then you just have to define that to define stealing. But the, it's, yeah, it's taking what is not properly given. Okay, I think it's a good for kids to, to get this because sometimes, you know, they, they snatch things and things and right. like, uh, they, they oh, talk yeah. about it. But I think if we can, if, uh, if we can use this simple and it, it's the word, uh, uh, stealing is taking something that is not properly given. That's right. Okay, so let's move to celibacy. <clears throat> celibacy, uh, so this is a little bit broader than what we were expecting. We always think of sex, of course, and not having sex with someone other than your wife. But it also means sensuous activities, right? Um, desist from having sensuous relationships with the opposite gender gender, and from abetting others to have such contact. So, don't indulge in lustful stories, conversations, or talks about the other gender. So it's a, maybe a little bit broader than what you're expecting. Uh, don't look with a lustful eye on another woman. Don't listen to the private conversation of a couple. Okay, so that's non-celibacy. Don't bring to mind the sensuous enjoyment one had in the past. Don't recollect a sexual activity or a sensuous activity that you had in the past for your enjoyment right now. All right? Avoid taking foods that are exciting, intoxicating, or stimulating, especially those that are oily or contain too much fat because they produce passion. So I can, what, what kind of foods are exciting, intoxicating, and stimulating? I mean alcohol, right? Onions. I think onions uh -huh. are supposed to be onion garlic. Mm -hmm. Do you feel different when you eat these kinds of food? When I, eat, when I, eat, I avoid garlic, but when I eat garlic, I just—it's just my body doesn't accept it. Right. 
And is chocolate also considered, right? No? Chocolate is also... Too exciting? Oh, I've heard, right? Yeah. Yeah, it might contain too much fat. How do they produce passion? I think because you become addicted to them and you want more, right? And you think about it. You think about the next time you're going to have it. And it takes up your thoughts. And those thoughts could be better used doing other things. You take up your thoughts in your pursuit of good food. It kind of takes over your whole life, right? But we're talking about celibacy. So remember that these are all kind of intertwining with each other. Um, view people of the opposite gender as your brother and sister. And don't get involved in matchmaking except for your own children. Now, how many people out there know that? Right? Isn't that one of the pastimes of the group of people? This matchmaking? A lot of these parents are in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) So these are obvious. Having sensuous intimacy with unmarried men and women. Keeping a mistress. Going to a prostitute. Gossiping about sensuous pleasure. You might not have known that. Here's the one that I don't understand. Leaving one's own children and celebrating the marriages of others. What does that mean? Leaving one's own children and celebrating the marriages of others. Why is that bad? They say leaving one's children, leaving them permanently or? I don't know. It's just this bullet point. It's just this fifth bullet point. They forgot to write the <laughs> context exactly. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's, maybe, it might be. It might be so, sort of like the matchmaking thing. Or maybe that Hindi phrase we have, right? So, at home you you don't appreciate your marriage or kids, mm-hmm. but looking at others, oh wow, you have a perfect marriage or you just, I don't know, it's maybe. Right. Something like that. Right. Yeah, so, celebrating the marriage of others. Right? So maybe that's something to think about. But the point is here is that maybe, I mean, we always talk about this, you know these vows in the back of your head, but maybe, you know, we could be doing better because they're so, they're so broad. Maybe you didn't know that they were so broad. So questions on that. Oh, I didn't take questions on uh, stealing. Questions on stealing or celibacy. So, <clears throat> is uh, celibacy and all this type of testosterone levels and stuff, so that's more composition of body so I guess if whatever we eat increases testosterone levels mm-hmm. is another yeah. but it depends on what you do with those increased testosterone levels right is it is the increased testosterone causing you to cheat on your wife not necessarily right so I can't I can't tell you that increased testosterone itself is bad without knowing what you do with it Challenge here is maybe for maybe both are interesting topic like practically how means I, I don't know means how we can relate that or because certain things like stealing way we said we we see a sell at means a good discount at some store mm-hmm. know, that we generally go and we generally look for that and we buy that so right means again to relate that with the stealing or uh, here as you were saying means something chocolate we eat and we is it give Maybe it changes the mood or it feels good. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah. 
Yeah, so that second part, that's why, remember we did the, the lunch about bland food? Remember that lesson? That's the thing with the oily food and the fat food because it starts to, you start to seek out, seek it out for its own sake rather than using food as fuel. And that, and that applies to any kind of sensual activity, including sex, right? Is you start to seek it out for its own, for its own sake instead of directing this energy towards your spiritual goals. One comment on stealing, I do know uh, a distant family of mine, um, they actually had an agency of uh, this cancer drug uh, that you know before you go to chemo you have to take that uh, injection in, in Mumbai and it was highly profitable but uh, after doing the business for some time they realized that they're taking the money from the people who are suffering from cancer and obviously they're giving away this, they're, they're paying this because they have to, it's not their uh, choice. Uh, and uh, yeah so what's not properly given so if it's not properly given if they were forced into the choice if it's not a choice then yeah and they they quit the business I mean they gave it that agency away and uh, until when you just explained it I somehow said okay you're you're tying that to stealing and they the way they explained uh, is they don't want to take meaning I don't I don't want to take the bad uh, uh, blessings, bad blessings from that people and mm-hmm. earning that money, so they quit it. But now it's it's also ties to, to it's not properly given because it's not like it by choice. Like okay, I'm giving this money because I have to. Every time they're crying ten times before paying that money because not only the cost but the pain and suffering goes along yeah. with it. And uh, it, I guess I appreciate that decision a lot more now than, yeah. than I did in the past. But how will you miss again? Just think. Uh, yeah. yeah. So let's say for cancer or any medicine for that matter they do the R&D or research on something some live animals or yeah. so if they don't do that and it's again I don't know the way because I'm not expert in that yeah. but how will they put that medicine in the market for others to say oh it is effective means without doing that one then I understand miss, yeah, no, you're what right. they are doing that maybe uh, miss, with the not the definition but Morally also, if I think it's wrong because they are, uh, it's a guinea pig, means they are <laughs> trying on something, it goes well, that's fine, if it doesn't, then, uh, so, but again, without doing that, then uh, how how can we put something in the market or for uh, everybody's uh, well-being then? My perception is, is it's uh, we are causing the, the problem ourselves and solving it later. Meaning, for example, if we control our food, for the reason of this cancer and all this stuff is arose because of our own needs. For example, we, we warm up stuff in Ziploc boxes and plastics and things like that. And the other thing is, uh, we were discussing the other day, I mean, we are increasing our life expectancy. I mean, because nowadays, you know, things have been invented and things like that. 66, 67, I mean, or even 70 in India was considered pretty old back in those days. Now 90s is fine because we are, you know, doing things that is extending the life. Now, all that is that needed. Uh, so, so that's, but part of it, it's the, you know, the cycle we are in and we, it, the cost is definitely justified uh, to pay for it to some extent, you know, there's generic wave coming in, but, I, so, so, but again, you have to make the conscious decision that if I, uh, want to do this or not and these people I mean uh, being giant they said no it's uh, we don't want to 
they just learn from karma standpoint that if that person is suffering that that's at some level transfers to me um, part of the other thing I don't think the discount teasing the discounts here in stores I, I think that's that's just a marketing scheme we just think that we're getting a discount oh sure I don't think they're selling at a loss or anything yeah. and there it's not a uh, where we're taking the stealing. I don't feel like it, at least, that mm -hmm. I'm taking advantage of that seller because uh, I think they're just running the big stores and they have, they, it's based on their their math. They're not losing money in my, most of the time unless they're liquidating. But then, in other sense, if you want to take advantage of it, you think that, okay, you're helping them that they don't have to pay the logistic cost to get this stuff out of there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, part of it, I, I think we, we have much higher expectation now. I, I'll give you an example. Uh, a colleague of mine suffered sleep, sleeping issues for a long time, and then finally, after ten years of research with her and her doctor, they found out that it was a mattress, something in the mattress that was causing her. Mm -hmm. I mean, she <laughs> was just—it's it you can't find things like that. What is in your mattress? You hardly know, right? I mean, some sort of things that were happening. It was a material or material, something. Yeah. It wasn't like. A lumpy mattress? No. It was just a material, material that all mattresses are made of or something? Apparently. <laughs> it was feathers back then or something like that. Right. But she said, and I'm like, how can you even get to that level? Nowadays, right. you don't even know what's put into a pillow or a mattress or something. It's not cotton anymore. That's one thing we can be for sure. So uh, it's, it's, I think part of it is self-instigated uh, that we, uh, we create for ourselves. So let's talk about non-attachment. There are two kinds, external and internal. External, I think, is pretty easy. Lands and fields, houses, gold and silver, wealth, grain, servants and maids, domestic animals, vehicles, clothes, beds and furniture. I think it's pretty easy for everybody to understand that. It's interesting when it gets to internal attachments. Well, what are internal attachments? False beliefs are internal attachments. We are addicted to believing things that make us feel good. The cleanest example I can give, us, give to you is when we discussed fat logic, right? We believe things that keep us fat, like things that are totally untrue, like drinks don't have calories, or that I, had, I did this much exercise so I deserve this much cake, or something like that. We believe things that make us feel good that are completely false. And why? Because we have an attachment to those things that we eat. And that, and that's the, and just an example, this is every, everything. Everybody has kind of uh, false beliefs that make them feel good about their life because your life is a story you tell yourself and you constantly revise that story and you're always the good guy. You're never the bad guy in your story in your head. So you always, even your bad actions, you kind of revise in those histories to make the, make you be the good person. So what else are uh, internal attachments? Well, here we see our friends' anger, ego, deceit, and greed pop up. How are these attachments? Why are they in here? We're talking about the five vows, and we're talking about the fifth one, and oh, it's our, it's our, it's our list here. Krodman, Maya Lob, why are these guys in here? I, well, one thing I know, and it's our favorite example nowadays, for the kids, we know one belief is, is if you say anything loudly or show the anger, you, you have believed that they will follow. <laughs> and guess what? They have picked it up. Yeah. And they do the same thing. So past belief is my mom used to tell me something one time and then second time and the third time and third time I followed. 
So that's a habit, and that's my belief that third time mommy, mom is strict. Same thing we do with our kids. Do this, and then softer. Second, third, and then it becomes a belief that whenever something said third time or said with a louder voice, that means they're angry or upset. Right. And you need to follow it. And uh, it's it's so hard nowadays. We are trying to to forget that that because otherwise it becomes a habit that yeah. mom and dad is only serious if they are loud mm-hmm. and they're angry. Otherwise, it's okay. You can keep on watching TV until uh, <laughs> somebody else. Yeah, also somebody else said you. And it's, it's really that's a belief. It's a right? problem. Yeah, it, it requests. A is, yeah, request is not uh, accepted. Right. It has to be demanded, yeah. <laughs> and demand comes through a vocal. Uh, so we have made a new rule now that if I say something loudly or angry, um, it's uh, that means I'm just joking. And if I say something quietly and nicely, that means I'm serious. And oh, you need to listen to it. I'm just, we're working on reverse psychology for ourselves because we are into habit of saying it loudly. Uh, and also I heard something, that something said with passion is not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the videos I listened to. She said something said with passion or anger, I mean anger is not true. It becomes false when you say with too much passion. And... and uh, Right. So remember our lesson about anger was all anger is directed at the self, right? Um, so it's an attachment to um, your version of reality. And anger stems from the mis- mismatch of expectations and reality, right? So anger is attachment because you're attached to your false belief of how things should be. And that's why you got angry. Ego, I think it's a little bit easier to see. It's your attachment to yourself. Greed, I think, is easy to see. It's your attachment to money and wealth and material things. But how is deceit an internal attachment? When you're lying, <coughs> when you're lying, what are you attaching? What What is your attachment when you tell a lie? The bad karma gets attached to your soul. Um, well, how is how is this related to non-possessiveness and non-attachment? Lying. So the purpose of life is to get rid of these karmas. Right. And, and in turn, when, when you're doing the deceit or when you're lying, you're making them still stick to your soul. So. You're self-attached when you're mm. lying. Well, what are you trying to protect? Right. Is right. Why are you lying? So I'm, I'm, you know, the mic's there and I'm trying to protect the mic. So I'm attached to the mic. Right. You need to be let it go. It's whatever the purpose of your lie is that you're not letting go of it. Exactly right. So the next one, laughter. Okay, so laughter and joking are attachments. Right? No jokes. So the next, here's where it gets really interesting. So we talked about these things that we do, anger, ego, deceit, greed. These are also internal attachments. Dejection, fear, sorrow, and disgust. I'm telling you, you can let go of these feelings. These are attachments that are hurting you. Fear, you can let go of fear. You're attached to your life, you're attached to your body. That's why you're fear. That's why you have fear. Sorrow, you're attached to whatever is making you sorrow, sorrowful. You're attached to your relationships. You're attached to uh, whatever loss you had that's causing you the sorrow. Disgust is an attachment, right? You're disgusted by uh, some uh, bad food, let's say. Well, why? You know, why should you be? It's because you're attached to some way you thought that life should have been. 
instead of reality. Accidents or something happens, and you know, you know, people make comments. So it's very sad. I get sad, but do you know, so many people in the world die on a regular basis that are not even on the news. So I, right, I, I say this, but I, I mean it to like a lot of people in India, Africa who don't have food, they die daily, right? Right. And here you have a guy who got an accident. He's all on the news. Family of three, you know, on the freeway got slammed because of eighteen wheeler. Poor guy lost his family. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry, but there's several people in the world who would die. Right, that don't make the news. Don't make the news. Yeah. Yeah. Minority well, people don't make the news, or people in other countries don't make the news, and because we don't, we we ex- kind of expect. It's our expectations, right? It's whatever is unexpected. If you know, if a white woman goes missing when she was on vacation, it'll make the news for a week. Yeah. Right. Mexico. But if a family dies in Chicago. That's a minority family. Well, it doesn't make the news at all, right? So, yeah, that is a very interesting phenomenon. This is very nice. What the book says, it's called the life cycle of attachment. That's not what the book says. I, I gave it that name. This is the life cycle of attachment: acquisition, possession, enjoyment, and protection of the property. These are all bad. You can see how multiple ones of these five vows are violated. Acquisition, okay, possessing and enjoying that possession, and now that you have it and you're attached to it, well, now you got to protect it and commit violence to protect this thing that you have, right? This is the life cycle of attachment, and it's also the cycle of destructiveness. Um, so let so we have some any questions on attachment? So it's a, uh, based on what we heard, right? Yeah, just a thought, please. If you take out all this emotion, means from a human being, right? What is left, means if you take out equanimity all, is left. It's means so it's a robot. Then means we can relate it to the robot then, because robots generally the only now human being is trying to put artificial intelligence in into the robot, but otherwise, right. <laughs> otherwise they that's what they they don't get attached to anything. Right. They they don't have. Uh, uh, greediness for anything means mm-hmm. it applic means all these things are applicable to means if we just have to relate to but uh, they don't have their mind on, on their uh, own right i mean you can correct that that's the advantage me see the reason we are able we are doing that because we we, we apply our mind there right means and heart there so if we don't do that most of them means we can live or we can follow this or we can live this means just but if we leave this we can go to we can get come out of the life cycle and we can go to moksh correct whereas no, for us me since that that's the goal right i mean if we do this then can happen for us um that that be the difference i guess um uh, remember cool. that one of the properties of your soul is infinite bliss so no i don't think that you if you achieve moksh that you're a robot i think that you have infinite bliss and that's what we were trying to uncover one thing i is is said protection uh, of this fourth of this life cycle yeah uh, protection uh, so basically the protection i guess originated two industries uh, in or one in it's a insurance industry right mm-hmm. uh, if you have you have never fearful of your life go talk to a, a life insurance agent and he'll 
make sure that you're fearful of that. And, and you and have all the policies in the world. Exactly. In case you die, what happens? Right. So all you know, that's for our own body that we have life insurance. Then we have auto insurance, the mm-hmm. house insurance, the uh, nowadays travel insurance, flood insurance, flood insurance, and every sort of that. And it's because of all for exactly. for protecting one our body and our possessions. That's it. Mm-hmm. The entire industry is is on that. So anything you can make anybody fearful of, you can start uh, helping them to protect. More than body, it's possession, I think. Right. Because life insurance, for example, term insurance that you you take, is not for your body. It's it's basically after you have died. Protecting the others. Protecting all your. Correct. The, You're right. The extended family, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, medical insurance is obviously for your own body, but then uh, insurance industry is making tons of money just by inducing that little bit of fear. These days I've seen in, even in India, they have specific insurance, medical insurance plan for cancer. So HDFC, for example, I, I'm, I have a credit card, so I get these emails. Cancer-specific term plans, meaning the... the they are trying to... You're going to get cancer. Yeah, you could get cancer, so better get protected yeah. now. And, and it, at this age, you will get... Your premium is only this much. And, right. and once you reach that age, the premium will go up to this. So why don't you enroll now? So yeah, they, they are making money out of this protection and uh, ensuring that as and when the awareness goes up, people are more and more aware of things and dangers that could happen. They are seeking out for... So we talked about the five minor vows. Now we're going to talk about three supporting vows, but we're only going to talk about one. Uh, the first one, geographical restraints. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory. The less you travel, the less you harm you can do. Uh, the second one, consumption restraints, also pretty straightforward. Uh, you can take a look at it. Um, eating can we the talk bulk. about that a little bit? Sure. The less you travel, the... What was what you say? The less you travel, the less uh, exposure you get. The so the example that the book uses is the householder is like a heated iron ball. Wherever he goes, he brings in himsa. So one of the ways to decrease your himsa is to not travel as much, not put yourself in various geographical locations, because when you um, when you put yourself in new places you have new interactions and potentially more harmful interactions than the one that you're doing isolated. keep yourself isolated right right well what what i see right now at least in uh, our generation i would call it more so than our parents generation at least those who are in india it seems like the travel are, are having a claim to to the fame that oh i've been to around the world I've seen everything I've been to Disney I've, been, I've done this mm-hmm. it's the thing to do nowadays and mm-hmm. it's somehow transferred to our kids more, more so and um, I even read an article that Indian travel for more for status mm-hmm. not that they really uh, want it and this is interesting way that it is it is connected to Ahinsa mm-hmm. uh, that more you travel because there's a lot of resources involved uh, in your travel as well so I'll give you a good example um, a good analogy the reason I drive the speed limit is to limit 
the interactions I have with other cars, the, the number of other cars that I do. Because we all know it, you could be a great driver and still get into an accident if the guy behind you is crazy right. and just hits you or is drunk or something, right? So if I drive the speed limit from here to Dallas, I'm only interacting because most people drive the speed limit. So I'm only interacting, let's say, with um, 50 cars, right? But if I drive 20 miles over the limit, I'm all of a sudden, I'm overtaking many and many cars. Mm -hmm. I'm interacting with, instead of 50, perhaps 200, 300 cars. So the chances of my encountering a crazy person behind the wheel go up. Okay, so the same way, that, that's what this geographical restraint means. When you're interacting with, le with less things, there's less of a chance to get screwed up. But that's for your own self, right? If, if yeah, I, 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 right? yeah, for example, you, for example, you are driving the car, right, from here to Dallas. Right. Now, you, you, you're a great person, but like, for example, if somebody drives who is crazy, mm -hmm. right? Say, for example, I'm driving and I'm driving crazily, I'm driving above speed limit and I'm increasing exposure. I would be better off staying at home rather than going taking that hazard on the road. Sure. Yeah, that's what this because says. That, yeah, you're, you're. I get. Yeah, yeah, you're better off staying at home and not going to Dallas. Right. Yeah, but it's it's about managing your probabilities, right? It's about managing um, the risk you take in your life. But uh, this third one is the most important one. This third supporting vow: avoidance of purposeless activities. That was made for this day and age. That was made for the smartphone. It was made for social media, it was made for YouTube, it's made for Facebook, it's made for Instagram, it's made for Snapchat. Okay, to, to try to avoid the things that just do nothing, just purposeless activities in your life. So what are they? Um, give advice to others about methods of earning involving doing wrong. Giving away or gifting weapons, okay? Um, inauspicious constant... Uh, concentration, uh, ruminating on violence, untruthfulness, theft, and protection of something that you acquired, okay? Uh, brooding over the enjoyments of forbidden sensuous activities and otherworldly pleasures. Um, watching theatrical representations, dances, and other public shows which arouse sex passions, of course, pornography, right? Um, pornography is a useless activity. Social media is a useless activity. Um, See, there is this weapon point you had, right? So yesterday I was watching uh, this daily show. Uh -huh. It comes on uh, Comedy Central. Yeah, Trevor Noah. Correct. So <laughs> their entire panel was uh, in one of the uh, conference. And one of the guys did the uh, research and presentation on gun mm -hmm. so in us that gun violence is was the hot topic so they want and generally the reason i see that because they if you see same thing on cnn they just tell you the news and here right. they give a truth with the twist and right. the fun right mm -hmm. so that guy visited uh, a country i forgot the name maybe switzerland so there also gun there is no gun control and they 15-year kid will have AR-15 or what means that gun and after school they go for learning the shoot me to the shooting ranges and to learn that so that uh, this guy was there uh, Michael Costa mm -hmm. and uh, he was standing with them and the cows were grazing in the back side and when they were uh, 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 learning their shooting range right 
so the thought that came to that guy's mind michael costa that let's shoot the cow there because it's right there hunting right mm-hmm. and that and the boy or the people who were doing that it didn't cross their mind also that that can that can be done or that means it's possible to do that they were just learning that and as against in us it's violence right in their mind so what was that point you said for gun buying and selling right but again uh, give uh, so that thought process again uh, here buying and selling the gun or gifting gun here and as against that country the meaning for both places is different so what is the meaning they do they give kids train over their guns yes means it's just, it's something protection or means it's not for violence so means detail we can read about that but he was trying to say there are countries where they have guns everybody owns gun but they don't kill people that was the message he was trying to miss want to say through that uh, program here means the reason americans keep gun means to protect themselves and they kill people means protection is fine but they kill people also and especially chicago example where now every now and then so means everything was related me especially what what is happening right now in the us well that's more the environment right so america has a very diverse environment the, the whatever low poverty all the other stuff where switzerland or company country like that where is i don't even know if poverty exists or the government takes care of every, everything and everyone so if those problems exist there then that can that people have those guns they will you make leverage of that so then in that case we say uh, means com- if we compare us and india right so india is more corrupt means that's what generally perception is so in that case if we have the same population here what will happen in us then they say it's the largest democracy means us is the best country means especially in again this daily show uh, there is one lady uh, daisy she did a presentation on women's and empowering women right so us was there was a research and us was placed at 49th so there were a few countries they were not part of the list also but her point was let's go and see who is number 1 number 5th or number 10 what they are doing for women it's so right in us it's not good for women right now if if we ask oh immediately come what comes in our mind is india means lot of things are happening for women in india right bad things so but us also at the same time it's not safe for women right now So there are three things that I'm hearing that are interrelated. Your point was that there is a culture of gun ownership, but that doesn't necessarily lead to a culture of violence. There's the two are less related than people think. His point was, well, we have income inequality here, and income inequality may lead a culture of gun ownership to lead to a culture of violence. So that's the kind of interplay between ideas that different countries face and different countries are in different circumstances and will react in different ways. Um so oh we were talking about no jokes. This vow prohibits joking with which hurts others. So no jokes. Right? Um uh, because joking is a purposeless activity. What is the point of joking? Is it to make yourself look good? Is it to make other people laugh? Is it to put that person down? Is it to right? So um <laughs> yeah um is that scientifically proven now laughing if you live longer 
But this purpose of the activity is definitely one to think about, you know, it's so hard to divorce yourself from the phone, to try to just, because as we talked about, these apps are designed to keep your attention as for as long as possible. And they know exactly how much attention they have of yours per day, and they're trying to increase that mind share every day, um, and trying to, trying to trap you into believing uh, whatever their advertisers want you to believe. And this is how to get out of that, is to remember this and to remember kind of these vows. So those were the three supporting vows. What if was you, the second one? The second one was consumption restraints. Um, so not eating live objects, not taking anything, uh, not taking a mixture of living and non-living things, not eating provocative food, and... Things like that. There was uh, a lot of food stuff again. There was an article on what if, uh, if it's available on uh, Facebook also or otherwise um, there is they have a website. So yesterday I read their article what if uh, the entire world goes vegan? What happens? Oh yeah. So uh, several industries fail and economies crash and yeah, but there are good parties. Oh yeah, good it's points. The, uh, cows generate uh, not CO2 what was the other methane. methane it's more dangerous to the environment than carbon dioxide so and they occupy means uh, goats and cows they occupy more land so that's why farmers are not able to grow crops and the, so right. if, if everybody goes vegan so there are a lot of positive positive side of it because generally what people see people think oh we have livestock and so there is an industry running we have milk and they will go jobless and because we have uh, uh, those animals they uh, eat grass so that cycle for soil also it's good but there was a positive side of sure. of it also so it was good what if what if and yeah. they do a lot of scenarios i guess yes That's one yeah interesting so what if miss everything melts miss on that topic they will give their opinion again see from the fact research and opinion so questions or comments on any of that so over these two parts we've discussed the five minor vows and so I hope that you give them another look I know it's kind of the basic thing that we're supposed to do but I think that if you crack open the book there's more in there for you than might meet the eye at first well, thanks for coming this week. I really appreciate it. I know we have uh, some other things going on, but I appreciate you making time for us this week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.